Welcome to Talk Design, the show where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey and I'm your host. Having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Adrian Ramsey, and I'm your host on Talk Design. I started this podcast because I wanted to share the journey of design that I've had and that many others have had, and I find it inspirational talking to people globally about what makes design tick and what makes design create a better world for others. My journey has taken me from clothing globally, women's swimwear, performance sportswear, mountaineering, yachting, all these kind of genres where each place I would learn more and more about different specifics and how clothing can support those. Also, I've worked in innovation as a systematic innovation trainer and worked with the aerospace industry as well as the marketing industry and the design industry. And all my years of design Still my favorite is the built structure and interiors. In years of travel and discovery, I constantly look at what the emotions are that are created by the built space. I consider myself a student of design for my whole life and will go on that way. Some of the things that I do to support this is my podcast, and then workshops and masterclasses where I teach people about trends and design thinking and tours where I take people on tour with me and we go and discover different points of architecture or interior design globally. I always think that when you're passionate about something, one of the things that you should do is is you should share it. And so creating the podcast was my way of sharing my enthusiasm and the enthusiasm of others and their passions around design with you. I hope you really enjoy it. And I ask you, would you please drop us a line? Tell us what you think. Tell us what got you excited. It's so inspiring when we get messages from our listeners that tell us about the things that shifted in their life because of who they listen to. And it gives me the inspiration to dig deeper and find more people that I can bring to your ears so that you live a better design life. My guest on Talk Design today is Richard Petrie. Now, Richard is one of the founders of the Architects Marketing Institute, and we've had several conversations over the last couple of years. Richard is a mine of knowledge when it comes to marketing and in general, specialists with as architects, interior designers, people in the design industry. Richard, we've had the pleasure of plenty of time chatting together, but welcome back to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, nice to be here on such a great show. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I'd like to dig straight into a couple of subjects that I think are front of mind for lots of architects. And as our, we have a lot of architects and interior designers who listen to the show. And also there's, you know, like the broader group of public that are interested in the show. So having an understanding of how and why architects and designers do what they do 
this would be really interesting for them. But then on the other hand, it should be really good teaching or learning for the architects and stuff on the show that come and listen. So I think there's about, you know, probably five or six things that we could talk about that stop architects from having great projects or not necessarily stop them, but that could help them for having great projects. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, and having great projects and probably I think as an industry, designers under-earn. And I particularly think of, you know, if you think of qualified architects who might well, their master's degrees and you well, know, the whole thing and running a business. Yeah, and the, the, the amount of training that goes in to be an architect or a, or a designer is a lot. You know, it's equivalent to a doctor sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, but the remuneration is nothing like it, you know. And so I think as a general profession, they're underpaid. Yeah. And so there are certain things I think you need to do and consider. And I've I've sort of thought through a few today as to what you can do. A lot of it's mental stuff to a lot of mindset. Yeah. To get your fees up. So should we should we kick it onto the list? Straight Go away? for it. Let's do it. Um All right, we'll get straight in. All right. So the first one is is I think a big thing that stops architects being successful, you know, by winning projects and earning money is they see themselves as an architect first. You might right. Say, as opposed to a business person. It, yeah. As a, well, and, and specifically the thing that's going to get them the projects, the money is, is the marketing, right? So yes, you have to be a business person, but you have to be a marketer of architectural services first yes. and an architect second. Now, you know, why do I have to be a marketer? of Well, you're running a business, right? And the business only has architectural services. If That's someone, and if, it, if, it, if, if it's a one-person <laughs> firm, that someone's got to be you. Yep. Uh, if, if the salesperson or the marketer is doing their job, then the architect gets to do his or her job. But so without the other one, you can't do the other. It's chicken and egg. Well, it's kind of common sense. I mean, I yeah. know everybody knows this, but but it's, you know, you, you know, there's a big lie at, I guess, design school that the best marketing you can do is to do great design. And, oh, yeah, yeah, you do great design, then everyone will come running to you. Well, the problem with that is, you know, I'm a typical client um, and I've been working with architects for nine years. I can mm. see I can see design I like and that I don't like, but I can't tell what's good design and what's not good design. You would be able to tell what's good. You'd be able to look at a building, an office, a house, and go, "Wow, this yeah, you know, whoever designed this is really it, good." It, it has a thing, yeah, and also just even from that. But I point, wouldn't. I'll just I'll just jump in. Yeah. I wouldn't, but you wouldn't hire that person. So the people who know what good design is often are other architects, and they're never going to be your clients. Right. Someone like me, point. someone like me who, you know, is someone who could hire you, doesn't have the acuity uh, or expertise to know what good designers are or not. So just doing good design is is mistake number one, thinking uh, that that's enough. It's not. You've got to be a marketer first, an architect second. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, well, I was going to say one of the things that um, happens with definitely with design and architecture is the fact that it's a journey of um learning and understanding and it's a it's a slow cycle business as in the number of revolutions it takes to do something and so even learning what is good design and how to create good design 
takes experience. Yeah. And so to jump in early, like as a, you know, somebody who say just graduated or maybe a couple of years out, their level of experience is way lower than somebody who's been doing it for say 30 years. Mm -hmm. And they have honed great design skills on the job as opposed to in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And so if in the sense of um, you have to have a business head first, well, not first, you have to have a business head at, to be in business, mm -hmm. then how do you build that would be my question um, with your marketing. So how do you put your marketing first when you probably don't have the amazing projects to show off already? Because right. it takes years to get there. That's right. Yeah, and it takes years to, to learn to be a good marketer, I suppose, too, really. Mm. But, okay, so so how do you put on a marketing head? So what's the, probably one of the more common questions I get asked is what's the best way, what's the best place to go and get clients? Right? Yeah, right. Right. So that's a good question. Is it Facebook? Is it LinkedIn? Is it YouTube? Is it networking? Is it cold calling? Is it advertising? Is it writing articles? You know, mm -hmm. there's a million and one things you could do, but there is one place which is better than all the others. And it's ironically, it's one place that hardly anyone thinks of first. Uh, yeah, they don't. <laughs> they go, you know, should I go Facebook? Should I go YouTube? Yeah. Should I, you know, what they go to the broad public first. Right, and the number one place for uh, winning projects, and a lot of people wouldn't even consider it marketing, but it is when it's done properly, and that's referrals, right? Mm -hmm. And you go, oh, obviously, right? So, you know, where does most of your clients come from now, right? Referrals yep. and word of mouth. Yeah, okay. most of mine do. Yep. Right, so we know that referrals and word of mouth work. Will Facebook work? Will doing social media posts work? No. Nah. Sometimes it could, yeah. you know, for some people, sometimes it can, but the amount of work required and cost in yeah. terms of time and effort can be very high. And even, even when you do that, it's, it's never going to get close to the amount of projects you're going to get from referrals and word of mouth. So identifying that referrals and word of mouth are always for an architect are always probably going to be your number one lead source. Then it's a question of, okay, from a marketing point of view, how can I do referrals and word of mouth better? That should be your question. Uh, not, you know, should I be doing Facebook link? No. If you can double referrals and word of mouth or triple referrals and word of mouth, then, well, you'd have more projects than you could handle and you'd be in a position where you have to pick and choose your clients and you'd have to say no to anything which isn't suitable. Now, that's another interesting point that, and it's not on my list of sort of six things I want to talk about today. You, you but... stick to the list, man. Well, <laughs> this is part of number two then, all right? And that is you're never going to run a highly profitable business or a successful business unless you're probably saying no to half the opportunities that come right. out. Yeah. Right. That's so not a match. Mm. Yeah, you've you've got to know what type of projects you want. You want to, got to know what type of clients you want and, and you – you yep. gave a great quote the other day, which was, if you want to find a great project, find a great client. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of truth in that, not 100%, because you could have a great client with a, you know. With a crappy great, project. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. within True. reason. But you, you need that mix between great project, great client. Um, you can't just have a great project and a terrible client either. So, But you need to know what those two things are. If they don't fit that, you need to be in a position where you can say no. And 
to me, having worked with architects for the last nine years, it seems to be about 50% of the opportunities that come your way, you should be saying no yes. to because they don't fit on one of those two sides. Nothing wrong with those who you say no to, but ideally you're in a position where you can go, no, 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 yes, yes. No. You want to say what's you want to say yes to what's right for you where the where the Correct. magic exists yes. because your responsibility to the client is to bring them something uh, well beyond what they could think of themselves. So you, you're looking to do something that's say extraordinary, yes. um, and it might be ordinary, but it's still got to be executed extraordinarily well. And finding the match of you and the client, and the other thing that came up for me when you were saying that was if you're looking for um you know referrals which i think is really smart to do it's a, it's the strongest lead source that will get you somewhere is having um you know maybe you maybe you're only going to do three jobs in a year if it's a one-man band you might only do four jobs in a year it's not like you're looking for 500 people to buy your frying pan or to buy whatever else it is that you you're selling, you're selling a particular service, yep. um, and you only need a, a low number of clients that you can service it to do it well. That's so right. either you've got to have that or more team to service that number of clients. So in referrals, being able to pick the right ones that um, are a great match for you and a great match um, project wise. So human-wise and project-wise, I think is really critical to making it work beautifully. And, yeah, and did, choose the right ones. That's it. And if you only did four $100,000 fee projects a year, yep. that would be okay, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, for probably, most people, yeah. probably probably not you, but... <laughs> no, but, ser but seriously, that would be. For that most be, people, yeah. that would be fine. And depending on what they do when they do a project would be the other thing, you know, whether they go all the way through to um, contract or construction administration or whether yes. they stop before then will de right. determine where their fee structure lies in that. Anyway, let's not get into that. Well, no, yet. no, that's very good. Yeah. And I, I just mentioned, so I know that's something you do is you, you, you've kind of identified there's the full range of architectural services and you chop it off where yeah. I like doing this stuff. This other stuff I find a bit laborious. I don't do it. I outsource yeah. it. Yeah, well, it, it definitely, like, um, where do your strengths lie? So, you know, like, it, this, I've got friends who are architects who their strengths lie in the construction administration part. Oh, they are just absolutely brilliant at it. Yes. And yet they, they're good designers, but they may not be the designer that's going to light the world on fire. Yes. But at the end of the day, they'll get that project through to the last bit and everything will be, you know, polished and perfect. And yep. if your client and you are looking for that, then not everybody strengths in the same spot. Mine's more in the front end. And then I have team members, so it's more in the back end. But we don't do construction administration because of the time that it takes to do it. Right. And so we go, you know what, our partnerships with builders is so critical so that we've got them doing that construction administration mm -hmm. kind of with us. We're not on site doing it, but we're in touch doing it. So, yeah, finding out what your strength is and getting your referrals based on your strength is going to be really critical as well. Right. So, number one, we've got, you know, you're a marketer first, you're an architect second. Number yep. two, 
we've got building your business on basically on referrals or at least having referrals as your first focus when it comes to marketing. Can I just add something to that? In every architect's portfolio, I reckon just about, uh, every's a big word here, but in most, there will be a family or friend job early on in their career that will have um, given them significant more leeway with when when they've had less experience. You know, I I remember doing a job for a family member and it was, I I didn't make any money off this job. That's beside the point. I did charge for it, but I didn't know how to charge for it properly and the size of it and the amount of work I had to put in to do it. But it became a portfolio job that, that got me plenty more jobs and it gave me such a learning on how I should have charged for it. Yeah. Um, and that client is still a client today. I've done multiple jobs for them since. So interesting how it works. Um, and they pay regular fees these days. All right. Number three, yep. uh, they don't establish, these are the mistakes, mm-hmm. that an architect doesn't establish a beachhead position, right? So what a beachhead position... Sounds something military here. It does, I know. Yeah, <laughs> positioning. They don't position themselves as number one for something. Yes. Right? Yes. So, so they think they, they think that, and quite rightly so, they think being a generalist is great, I can do anything, which is great. The problem is from a marketing point of view, being seen as a generalist, there's a saying, and this is, this. unfortunately, this is how clients perceive a generalist. Mm-hmm. Jack of all trades, master of... None. Right. Yep. That, that's yep. the problem. So yep. while you do have a wide range of skills, now, if I've got a heart problem, I go to a heart specialist. You could go to a podiatrist, but that probably right. won't help. Yeah. Or I could go to a GP, but I don't uh, want a GP. I want the heart. They've both specialist. got degrees, though. Uh, yeah, well, that's right. But I want it's important, right? And or, and, I'm, and I can afford to have it fixed. And I can't afford not to have it fixed. So I go to the specialist if I got a yep. brain. So uh, if, some, if somebody is a generalist, how would you say to them to recognize who they or who they should be trying to attract, or through what part of them should they be trying to attract? Yep. Um, somebody so that like you say how do they create a beachhead because they are a generalist and I'd say a lot Most of architects be, are yeah. yeah that's right they will be now I'm not saying I'm not actually I'll make a distinction here I'm not saying you have to set up a specialist firm I'm not saying you have to no. you could what I'm saying is when you when you go um, this is just with your marketing when you yep. go to try and win projects you set up a marketing system which is a specialist marketing system. So it positions you as a specialist for the type of project you're trying to win. So for example, if you're trying to win luxury um, waterfront properties in Queensland, then your marketing system only talks about luxury waterfront properties. But but what happens when somebody has a farm and they, they just flip right past me? You can still take it, but I'm talking about your marketing system, right? Mm -hmm. So you can still take on other work if you want to. But the yep. marketing system, it's a dedicated marketing system for, uh, you know, an, an approach for yep. picking up those projects. And if you want to pick up other projects, you have a dedicated marketing approach 
for the others. I guess the next question is, well, what's in an approach? You know, what, what <laughs> yeah, it's got to be, doesn't it? Yeah. So I'll just give you a few things that might be in a marketing system. One might be educational material and articles that directly relate to that topic. Another one, which would be, you know, an offer to meet people um, that specifically is for people looking to do those type of projects. Um, I do a thing so, called so, LCC, so pre, a yeah. pre-designed research service consulting exercise specifically for those type of products. Um, those type of things would go into a marketing system. So okay. for, for instance, would you say if I said, um, okay, well, let's just say it was waterfront property, you know, Queensland, yeah. um, and I was to say, um, if I was doing some sort of marketing, you know, speak or something, and I said, um, we can design, you know, your dream home, um, you know, we've designed 30 other dream homes for clients, yeah. uh, and they're all happy. As opposed to, if um, if you're if you love the sound of the sea or I don't know something like this, you love the sound of the sea and you want to look across vast oceans and um, coastline, um, and you're seeking a new home in this, uh, you know, new uh, custom home. Um, we have thirty projects that prove that we are the the people we that. Maybe not proof. That's a bit horrible. Um, Thirty projects for you to peruse that would confirm that we're a good that we're a good fit. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yes. So, so a specialist message talking about your area of special mm-hmm. specialty is fine. Um, and the other way, you're going to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that. why I'm talking to a marketing guy. Yeah, yeah. The other one would be. Um, would be rather than trying to sell yourself early on. So I talked about educational tools and resources. So it might be, you know, how to get a permit for a beachfront home when, you know, 38% of them aren't getting permits first time right. around. So that might be the headline. Well, it could, yeah. Or, or it might be that the, the document that you um, yeah. share or the knowledge that you share. Yeah, yeah. It could be a document. It could be a flow chart, a checklist, a, you know, an article, a video, but it talks specifically around beachfront homes. And, it, and, it, and probably it's more likely to talk about problems that someone looking to build a beachfront home is likely to have so that they're more likely to request a, a, a document saying, you know, why 38% of beachfront homes don't get a permit on the first round or I'm making this up. But yeah. Um, you know, five, six things to consider when building a beachfront home and, you know, and well, six costly mistakes to consider when building, a, to avoid when building a beachfront home in, in this particular area. They'll grab that. Uh, they'll, they'll look, they'll be more interested in that information maybe than a, you know, show me your credentials document, even though that could be useful later on once they've, um, so what we're trying to so do. So what is, you're trying to do is catch their attention. We're trying to engage in a conversation with them and, and engage with them. So get them to, you know, come on board. And so I like the idea of being a thought leader and being an educator for people first. So you kind mm-hmm. of set up a little education part to your business where you educate people on beachfront properties. Then you'll have a little consulting section where you'll consult with people and give them one-on-one advice, which you'll charge for, for people doing beachfront properties. Then the next step is you'll design it. So you've kind of got three distinct phases. So, that's that's yeah. kind of a marketing system. You you take you get them on the first sort of step of the elevator, and then hopefully they they go all the way up using well, the other. Step. 
really you other than doing yourself a favor you're doing them a favor because you're um you're they've they've got a need and yeah, they're looking to fulfill it yeah. and you're giving them solid information based around what will help them fulfill that need Correct. And you can leverage that information. So it's okay giving it away for free because it's a video or it's a document or it's sure. an article. And you can give that away to free to a million people if you want. Yes, It's not taking any time from you other than the initial time to set it up. But once they do start coming to you one-on-one, once they've read that or watched the video, receive the ongoing sort of nurture, you know, yes. ongoing yeah, that, follow-up. That, because if they're yeah. interested in a beachfront home, then they're also interested in, you know, what are the best angles? What are the best, you know, where do you, the sun, where does the sun and a whole lot of other things. Yeah, positions and local local um, knowledge as well. You know, like uh, I often, right. working where I work, often, you know, we have people who come from out of state and they're moving yes. here to this state. And one of the things from having lived here and also being a surfer is, is I can tell you what the wind and weather patterns do on right. the coastal front at different times of the year. So they arrive, say, in September, and yes. often there's, you know, jellyfish on the beach and there's the wind's blowing kind of off the sea and from the north in September, October. And that's what happens between, you know, sort of around September through till around December, and then we get some storms, yeah. and then it shifts, and it all comes from the other way, and we get these beautiful offshore breezes and everything else. Yet you could turn up here in September and go, oh, we couldn't live there, darling, because there's too many jellyfish on the beach, yeah. you know? But it's yeah. it's a little moment in time every year. So the very, local knowledge... Very handy information to know if you're in, you know, out of state and... Yeah. You know, very handy information to know. And if someone was offering that, I would mm. go, absolutely. We're, we're looking at building. We That's something we would like to know. That's very handy to know. So, you know, here's my name and contact details. Please send me that information, right? So uh, establish a beachhead position. Uh, I'll tell a quick story. There was a great um, video I watched on YouTube not too long ago, and it wouldn't be hard to find, but Steve Jobs, and it, it it just goes back to establishing a beachhead position. You want to be, you, you want your marketing to be focused and dedicated on something as opposed to I can do anything, right? So, mm -hmm. and and he told a story. He was speaking, and he said, he said we've just come out of a three day meeting with our advertising agency, and we're trying to. He said we're trying to work out how to position ourselves. You know, and he said, you know what what we what we know is we we've got to be famous for something we've got to pick you know what's the one thing we want to be known for if we're going to be famous what would it be well they're already yeah, famous like, yeah they're but what well, yeah how, well yeah. that's actually another challenge you know they're already known yes they're already they're already famous but but he said you know for positioning we need to be seen as something so we've been in this thing and we've been with our ad, ad agency and you know we're trying to hone it down to one thing that we want to this is how we want to project ourselves and be seen and he said, he said, I see a lot of small business owners and they're trying to be everything. You know, they're, they're trying to get five messages out there. You know, we, we can do this and we can do that. He says, we're Apple. We're one of the most successful companies in the history of the world. And we know if people can associate one thing to us, we're going to be lucky. Yeah, right? Right. We can't give them five things. So what hope does a small business have of saying, well, we can do, you know, we we want to be known for this, 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 that. No, Apple. Be known for one Apple, thing. Well, that's it, you know, and, and you know, and so 
your marketing, your marketing has to only portray one thing. And if you're going to target beachfront homes, great. So establish a beachhead position. And that leads us into number four, which is they, and this is why they can't communicate their value. So number four, the mistake you make is you can't articulate some unique value as to why someone would choose you over all other options. Now, mm. the, the number one reason, and I've learned this doing this, you know, with architects, because, mm. you know, I just I just get on the phone with them and I'm talking to them every day and it, it becomes obvious after a while why you're having trouble communicating your value, right? And and they all do. I mean, they all have tr- trouble. I, I think you go outside of architects. I reckon most business people do. Yeah, well, that's it, right. It, 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 architects or, you know, designers is just one genre. Lots of yeah. business people have the same issue around communicating what they do it's like if i said to you so richard what do you do you would say that you help architects i would say now because i've thought this through but what (laughs) we you know what we we help architects win better projects yes right that's that's it it's not marketing because marketing is the input what what architects want is to win better projects and we help them win better projects better projects means you know higher fees more more fulfillment and all that type of stuff but yeah you want to win better pro- that's how I want people to see me or or us you know architect magnet is is we help them win better projects so now you've got to nail it down to one thing now an architect might say oh yeah but I'm good at this and I'm good at it. right so it's really hard to communicate your value the broader you go mm-hmm. so the reason you can't communicate your value is you've got too many things in the bundle and how do you communicate the value of all those things it's impossible you've got to pick one th- and you've got to pick one thing at a time and and you've got to be able to communicate your value. There's no point being, you know, uh, the world's best kept secret. You've got to be able to communicate your value. So then the next question I know. I, can, I've got a question with that, though. I know somebody who's an architect who wants to be the world's best kept secret. Right. As in wants to anti-market. Well, he wants to be known as the best kept secret, doesn't he? Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> well, Yes, but he wants yes. to be able to do that with having no website, no yeah. no place. So the only way you can find him is by um, somebody telling you, so referral-based, somebody telling you, you yes. need to talk to this guy. Yeah. And, yeah, no, look, um, I can try and set up something so you can talk to him. He doesn't yes. talk to everybody. Oh. Um, but I can get you a meeting with him. Yeah. Yeah, of course, but he wants them. He wants to be known as the guy that's hard to reach and who's who's a secret and you know only by referral only. You and know, I if, suppose if he sets his um if he sets his sales team being everybody that knows him his referral uh, network yeah his referral network as um as saying you know like so say for instance he only does you know beachfront properties is when somebody says, oh, we've got this block and it's, um, you know, it's it's in town. Yeah. Uh, no point in talking to him. He doesn't do blocks in town. He only does beachfront. You're not looking to buy something at the beach, are you? That would, that you know, you again, that um script or whatever comes down to the thing to communicate. So so, so what happens with that? Communicate, how do you communicate your value? Right. So... If you narrow it down to, let's say I'm a beachfront, you know. Yeah, let's just say that is it. That's still quite a broad thing. I want to say, okay, how do I communicate my value? 
Well, what do, you know, you've got to identify what is it that people looking to build beachfront properties value, right? So you've got to do a wee bit of research and say, what do they value most? The view and the proximity to the sand and, you know, there'll be a list of things. Yeah, Right. And, and there'll be a priority order too. Not all of them will be equal, right? So there'll That's be a, a list really of things. That's a really good point. Yeah. So there'll be, you know, okay, what are the important things? Well, the view and what did you say the quality of oh, the sand that, um, yeah that the, 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 the um you know the relationship to being close to the beach you know right. to, the, to the sand and the fact that um there'll be i mean this is in my experience um they want to hear the noise of they want to hear the noise of the waves and generally they want to see the waves on the shore that would be one of the things it's one thing to be able to see the water but just they yeah. want to actually see it right on the shore front Right. So the position of the home needs to be the high enough or whatever, but beachfront right. behind a sand dune has nowhere near no. the outcome that beachfront when you can look down the length of the beach or across the beach as well. So right. they want vistas that are more often than just sea. Right. You know, they they, right. they want something a bit more intimate than that. They want to get closer than that. Um, they want to feel like that they own this piece of the beach and really, even though they might have a neighbour right on each side, this is their little island. Yep. Okay. And they want to be able to surf there or do whatever else they do there as well. Right. So, so that aspect of it, let's say, let's say that that's their number one thing. They want to be able to see the waves, and you know. Yep. So, what's the value? The value is that's that an architect does there is the first value they bring is the ability to be able to identify what is the client's number one yes. priority yeah and priority order and value of each of those things right so in this case it's not necessarily anything specific other than my ability to draw from you what's most important and then be able to you know use that in a design yeah right so so it might be that I'm a beachfront home, uh, beachfront home architect, but my superpower, right? My superpower. Now you can have one or three things, and I don't want to go too. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about the superpower, but yeah. the superpower you need a superpower, secret weapon, or secret source. Yeah. The superpower would be some innate ability you have to be able to do things that a lot of our other architects can't do. So in this case, it might be um, Adrian Ramsey. Um, uh, the value that he brings is his ability to, he's, he's, you know, he's like a site whisperer. He's a land whisperer. Yeah. He has the ability to look at a site and know the absolute best place on that, you know, for the house. Yeah. Right? And he can move things around to some degree and he can even see. Now, some might say, oh, we'll take the high point or something like that. No, actually, uh, Adrian Ramsey, no, you know, he will he will see the land, but he'll also know that he'll see things that you can't see. He'll mm. know that we can actually move that land, dig in here, move in here, and that'll open up this. And so what didn't look super, you know, on the surface, like the best position became the best position because he was able to manipulate the land to make it even better than what everybody else thought was the best position. Cause he, you yeah. know, something like that. He's got a superpower to see things that other people can't see when it comes to the land and the location of the house. And, and if that's really important to people, then that's that, that, well, that's an example. But notice it's only one thing. 
Yes. Right? He's, yes. It's only one thing. It's not, oh, he's the greatest designer in the world and he, he can do, you know, oh, I've forgotten what number one. He'll, he'll show you how to position the house better than any person that's, you know, yes. else that's there. Yeah. And the way to communicate their value would be to say, you know, before and afters is the best way, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, side-by-side side comparison. Here's a house that most architects or clients would think was the best location for this house, right? Now, here's what we've done to the land. And we've moved it here because we manipulated the land and boom, here's the difference. Now, here's the views from what we thought was the best. Here's Uh the views Uh from part B, right? And it's like, oh my God, side-by-side comparison when you show the the views from the two examples. Oh, I I can see the value now of having someone who who can spot the location of the site. Now. it, it, I love this piece of this, like I had a client a little while ago and it wasn't on beachfront, but it was on acreage and um, that's where I do specialize in. And we were talking, they had a dam mm. and they had their house position and they only had actually, even though they were on acreage, there was actually not a broad number of spots you could build the house. Right. Um, there was it had a defined area that it could be built in, and also you wanted to be able to see. Well, you wanted to see the dam. That was really important. And in their hierarchy of needs and and wants was that dam view, the water view from there. And right. so positioning the house at the height that it could be positioned at, so that you could see through over the uh, over all the water. There was two views. There was one to the left and one to the right. And one created a certain amount of mystery and the other was, the one directly in front was quite static. It was beautiful, but to the left and the right had these points of interest. Right. And so in staying on that site for 20, well, not quite 24 hours, from before sunrise to after sunset, a couple of times, I identified at what point what lit up and what happened right. in both those views. And then positioned rooms around that now the the kicker of it all was is they were they were discussing where would their swimming pool go, right. and they wanted a swimming pool that they looked over the the house over the swimming pool and into the dam. And I took the clients there this one particular day before when the site was just being just the small site cut that was flattening off the the build area, and I'd done a bunch of measurements and stuff, and then I put a whole bunch of sticks well first of all I said to them where do you envisage this pool and I'd laid out roughly on the ground with a spray can where the house was when I say roughly pretty accurately most for most people but I was this is your bedroom this is your kitchen da, 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 da. and what I showed them with a bunch of sticks and a bit of tape on the top of the sticks was that at their height so we did some measurements and got them to stand on things so we built it up to the floor height of the internals with a bunch of um, concrete blocks, cinder blocks for people in America. Um, I got them to see that if they put their pool where they were first looking for it, they were going to block the view of their dam from right. every everything from the kitchen. They would see out the sides, but they wouldn't see straight ahead. Right. Now, the hero was the dam. Yep. And the dam actually created a whole lot of other good things like wind flow and stuff like that as well. But sec- with that, being able to show them why they needed to position certain things in the house and certain things with where the pool was and the height of the pool meant that they were going to retain all that view right down to sitting down on their dining chairs Mm. and being able to see that Mm. so they wouldn't lose that view. 
And how valuable is that? Well, like, if, if you hadn't done it, you've got a hundred thousand dollar pool in your view. Correct, and you and you've lost so your million much dollar view. view that you paid for on the land. Correct. It's a it's a you know it's a it could be a million dollar you know if you're talking multi million dollar house or something yep. it could be a, a million dollar mistake. Well, mm -hmm. difference between doing it right because you because you've got an architect who's got that type of vision yep. and not doing it right because and so if you're the architect who has that vision that's that's one thing you could talk about in terms of communicating your value and you'd have to educate people you know it'd be great to have a video showing sticks and and, and explaining yeah, sure yeah between between this and that so that people you have to educate people for value because they were they don't you can't just say oh i'm a, I'm a land trust me yeah trust me i'm a <laughs> land whisperer. i'm really good at it yeah. It's like that's not enough. You have to you have to do you demonstrate know, the value. Right. Better move on because we're running out of yep. time. Yep. Um number okay. So number one, thinking that it, well, you're you're a marketer first and architect second. Number two, really have referrals as your base for clients and, and focus on referrals as a marketing system. Number three, establish a beachhead position. Yep. Be be famous for one thing in your marketing system. Uh four, you've got to be able to communicate your value effectively. And we've just talked about that. Yeah. Number five, the big mistake they make is they give away design ideas for free. Yes. Uh, design ideas for free. In, in <laughs> the mistaken belief that if I give away enough design ideas or sketches or tell people, oh, they'll appreciate it and they'll hire me. Now, some you're right. Sometimes they are impressed and sometimes they do hire you, right? But it, there's other times where they just take your ideas and they think they're theirs because once 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 you've told them, no, they are theirs. Then, <laughs> well, so you know they then infuse it with their own and it becomes my idea. Yeah, and they run off to someone cheaper or someone else or whatever. Oh right? yeah, or someone that they um you know like yeah they think they've they've gained everything they need to do their project with a few yes. ideas and yeah and then they they're not the ideal client. No, well, the genie's out, you know, so, yes. so, so you know. You're, you're, the thing that you can sell is your ideas. That's that's what an architect sells is their ideas and then the ability to put their ideas right. into the built form. That's right. And that I guess that's a two-part thing. Mm. That's the two yeah. things they sell, though. And Well, there's three Maybe. things because yeah. then the, the third thing, which is the thing in the front, which is the research that allows them to come up with the vision, right, and too many architects will give away the research, the, the, um, oh, all, all, the, all the data and information that they need to be able to make an informed design yeah. decisions, right? Well, all architects listening will know exactly what this is about. It's like, you know, it's, a, it's about understanding whatever the design ordinances are for the area, for what the local council might be, for prior knowledge of the site it could be around fires it could be around habitats it could be around you know rare frogs whatever it is yeah that the number of times we see clients buy a piece of land that they think they can do something with and then they find out it's got a heritage overlay on it or it's got a, a wildlife corridor or it's got a fire zone that they'd have to build a concrete bunker and they were imagining, you know, a wide open farmhouse. And so then they already own the land. They've already purchased, they've spent their, you know, whatever it is, half a million or million dollars on, on owning this piece of land. And then 
because they didn't do the right research at the start, they own it now. And now everything's going to be determined from that because they're unlikely to sell it again. It's really interesting. They're unlikely mm. to sell it again. They're, they're unlikely, even though they've made the first mistake in their journey, and it might not be a mistake, but they've made this first move, they're unlikely to reverse it. People set on their goal and then they go, okay, we've got to make it work from here instead of doing enough research at the start. But then, you know, most architects might give that away. Well, and, that, and that's what I found. So that's kind of what I'm on a mission to change is, is stop the whole architecture profession everywhere in the world from just giving it away for free. Yep. And just because you know the stuff and, but, you know. Yeah, doesn't I'm mean not, it's not valuable. No, it doesn't mean it's not valuable. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't charge for it. And it doesn't mean you still don't need to go and do some research and things mm -hmm. like that. And it doesn't mean they should get all that for free and think that they have everything they need. Right. So that pre-design research phase is really important. And what it does too is it wins you a client. So yeah. if you charge someone two thousand dollars and all my clients do this, mm -hmm. uh, they all they all um hyperventilate and sweat and get nervous if they haven't done it been, before. They haven't done it before, and they all think my clients are different, and they all think, oh, but other architects will go and do it for free, and all these excuses. But once they learn how to sell this piece, this consulting piece, I haven't had in nine years. We've had eight hundred people through, you know, uh, through our sort of programs. Um, I've never had anyone come back and go, "Oh, that was a terrible idea." I, I started charging for pre-design research, but you know what? I like doing it for free better. I'm going to go. I'm going to revert. I'm going to revert. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to unconvert myself and, and go back to doing it for free because I think that no one's it said by no one never, right? Yeah. Once you know how to sell that step and it's reasonably easy, uh, once you've got the right scripts and tools and you know, yep. um, yeah, and positioning for it, you never go back to doing that stuff for free. And and here's the thing: will you lose a few? Well, they're not clients, are they? Will you lose a few prospects? By charging a fee? Yeah, hopefully. you will. Hopefully you will. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Right? You'll lose all the shitty rats and mice and tire kickers who don't want to pay an yeah. architect for their knowledge and expertise yeah. to, to do proper research so that they can then go and do a proper design and informed design having done all the Now, Yes, you would have done this research, but for, you know, a lot of you say, well, I'd, I'd do it when I won the design contract. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, you would have. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you didn't, then you'd be remiss in what you were doing. So, well, that's right. You no, should you'd be, be doing up. it. Yeah. So, it's just a case of separating that out and then knowing how to sell it as a small standalone chunk. Because it's a small standalone chunk, it's easy to sell, it's much less money, it's risk reduction for the client, and it, and it leads to better design. But what it does is win you a client, it doesn't win you the design project or design phase, but it wins you a client. And once they're a client, once they spent $2,000 with you on, on this step, on this research, the yep. project is yours to lose. And this is the yes. easy step to sell. Winning or yours to choose not to take. Correct. That's Correct. even more important. Like, <laughs> like if, if you think, you know, like, yes, it's yours to lose. So once they've, they've paid for that and you've given them um, the information, 
Then on the other side of it also is you've had a look at how they want their information, how they react to information, yep. um, who they are, or how they work if they're a couple, how they work together as a couple. You've yep. actually put them through a few things that you can go, you know what, these people will fit within my program and system Correct. or they won't. And That's you know, right. I, and you're training them. You're, you're yeah, to some yeah. degree, you're training them. And I, there's a thing I like to term. I like to use client control. You're yep. you're training them to fit within your process that you want to deal. A Which bit will of give them the best outcome. I've got four minutes. We've okay, got four go. minutes. Uh, so the the final one is: Have you ever had a client who you said they decided they wanted to? You know, you talk to them and they go, "No, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it myself." I'm going to work it out for myself. I think I can do this myself. And I, and you go, you nod your head and they go, yeah, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to save some money. I'm not going to hire an architect or a designer. Yep. And what, what you do, you might politely smile, but what you're doing in your head is you're going, you're making a big mistake here. Mm-hmm. You're going to screw it up. It's, you know, you could hire me. The project would come in on time and on budget, which is which will be cheaper than what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. It'll be well designed. It'll be worth more. It'll it'll you'll it'll make every, your life better to live in. It'll be better to live in. You, you know, you, you'll enjoy the whole process. I can probably source the materials cheaper than what my fee's going to be. Yeah, you, you know, you're effectively by hiring me. You're going to probably get me for free once I've done not just by sourcing the materials, let alone having a better end product, right? Yeah. And so you roll your eyes and think, okay, well, if you want to, good luck to Go you. Go for it. Yeah. You know, but but you're probably crazy. And in most situations, they probably are crazy. Maybe some they're not, but <laughs> but that you know, you get good advice. You know, the people should get good advice if they're going to design something important. And my final piece of you know, number six is same with an architect. If you're trying to work out marketing and how to win better projects, get some get good get advice. Yeah. Get someone who knows the shortcuts, who can save, you know, instead of taking 10 years to work stuff it out, work it out in 10 days because they know how to do it. I like that analogy of if you're going to go somewhere, the fastest way is to use a map. How many of us know where we're going and we still put Google Maps on because it will tell us of any detours, it will tell us of any speed cameras, it will tell us of anything that might be going on on that road right. and it can predict the time that we'll get there fairly accurate, accurately as well. Yeah. Why Someone wouldn't you just grab a map? Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't you grab a map to to better projects faster? That's it. That's just it. Just makes perfect sense. And so, look, we we have programs, obviously, and and we'll you know we'll yeah, share we'll, a link down below. Like I'll share a link below for how you can get more training because I really mm-hmm. want you to know all the different steps that we do. If you ever want to look at us, then you know I'll take you through all the nine steps that we teach people, and you go through that. It's about a 60 90 minute training where you'll go through that and if you want to connect with us after that then you can book a call with one of our team but you know you need to go through that training first to see it all in detail um what was i going to say but yeah i mean if not us get someone else get someone else who you do like from a marketing point of view but the same as you would look at your clients and roll your eyes if they're going to do it themselves it's, it's kind of the same i can take an architect to kind of from, let's say, knowing nothing about the equivalent of martial arts, let's say I can take them from a white belt to a black belt in about three months, Yeah. right? Yep. If you do it on your own, it might take you 30 years. Yeah. You, you probably will never 
you know. You might never make the black belt because you no. just never learned those little bits of technique. You might make a good blue belt, say. So. You'll work it out for yourself, mm-hmm. but you'll you'll design your own technique. And you'll, and, you'll, go, you'll go to the competitions and get your, get your head kicked in. Yes, yes. You'll, all you'll be doing is uh, taking points in that journey on the road map, but being, wondering if you've gone to the right place first. You might travel 10,000 miles instead of the two in a straight line. Exactly. So, you know, anyway, so so pick someone who's going to help you and get there fast the same way that you think your client should pick an architect, you know, yep. uh, some sort of thing. So that's my six things. Gold, I'll, golden I'll quickly, advice. I'll, just, I'll quickly review them. Right. You're, you're in a marketer first, architect second. Yep. You want to, I think, building your base of referrals and referral systems first is the smartest way to go. Be famous for something. Yep. Build a beachhead. You can't be all things to all people. Communicate your value, which is a lot easier. And we talked about the, you know, the site whisperer yes. and, and you can communicate value if you hone in on one thing at a time. Don't do work for free. Yep. You're crazy. And you're just diminishing the value of the whole profession when you do that. And I think the final one is, yeah, yeah get, get help. Get someone who you find who is useful and who's valuable and use Use an expert to use, get you use a map to get to where you're going rather than wandering aimlessly in the desert. That's it. Cool, man. Great value. Absolutely fabulous to catch up with you. I know you've got another meeting. Yeah. Thanks I'm for on. your time. Really Thanks, appreciate Adrian. it. Thanks, we'll everybody. talk soon. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now, I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, If it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking say three questions and this is called takeaway selling so this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you it's almost like imagine if you had some hot ch- chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them you put them in front of them, someone and then they went to reach out and then you you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you it's that type of thing so this is called takeaway selling so the first question you ask you say well why don't you just leave the situation as it is why why make the change that's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, well, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.